0: Hey, Dice Goblins! What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax. Please.
1: It's so precious to me to have the wax.
0: Okay, Wax Goblin, Dice Goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit thetabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I I'm um am a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin of many stripes, you can you can be a cup goblin, get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code tangent, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, to get 10% off your purchase. Well, <laughs> that sounds good. Drive down. Let's take a drive down Avenue. My loins trembled as the scent of toupee adhesive and spray tan swept through my nasal cavity. What? He stood there in front of me, like a tall stallion, with his oily orange skin glistening in the sunlight as if it were a soggy Cheeto, his hair unkempt and messy like a gorgeous rat's next. Nice, man. Yeah, continue. His gorgeous ass flapped behind him, Like Mm -hmm. a mouth-watering stack of pancakes in his pants. My hunger for pancakes had never been stronger. Yep. Cool, continue. And that's when it happened. He looked back. He caught me staring at his donk. He could have had me immediately. Had me fired for this, but he didn't. Instead, he smiled and continued to hop on the elevator. What is happening? Am I losing my mind? I didn't come here to find love, but did love find me? Hey, continue. He answered the door wearing only a robe. The Uh robe open, just another, for me to see his beautiful saggy chest. A chest that would give Betty White a run for her money.
1: Awesome, that's a good
0: image. I had to admit it. I wanted his... Geriatric 2006 Paris. Geriatric. Okay. If you're not
1: going to pronounce words correctly, we're done with this bit. Hey, thank you for uh, all for joining in to Tangent Avenue. I'm Bryce. Where we read
0: Donald Trump fanfics, and I'm (laughs) Tasman. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Hey, I'm Bryce. Anyway, that's not what Tangent (laughs) Avenue is. Tangent Avenue is actually a show where we bring a new topic every week, spanning the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche, and we tell each other all about it, and we let you. You uh, lovely little shitheads,
0: listen. Um, And this week's topic is Donald Trump fan fiction.
1: Nope, it sure isn't. This is actually uh, somehow worse. Uh, Hey, Taz, do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Uh,
0: As long as... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so nothing qualifying, right? No. I thought so, yeah. All dragons. So
1: we're going to talk about the two best D&D books that you probably never heard of. Uh, The main reason you probably never heard of these is these are actually from... third edition and 3.5 and they are uh, oh did I say best? I meant the worst Um, Tez when you're (laughs) playing D&D and you're you're huddled around with your good pals are you ever like man I'd love to roleplay some good old fashioned boning does that ever go through your head?
0: every single time man
1: don't I have the book for you then? We're going to be talking about two books here. One of these books uh, came out in 2003, and it is, to my knowledge, a very serious and, like, unironic attempt to include erotic elements into Dungeons & Dragons. Um, it is called The Book of Erotic Fantasy. Uh it's fairly well made. There's a lot of pictures on this that I a normal people probably wouldn't want on this book. Um <laughs> uh, and then we're also gonna talk about a different book called The Book of Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. This book, as I've read through it, feels very clearly like it is a joke book. Um there are some spells here that are pretty uh immature, <laughs> and other stuff that's pretty immature. That we're going to end up talking about. Um, We're going to put a small little content warning here. Uh, This book in particular, the book of uh, unlawful carnal knowledge, does uh, include references to sexual assault, which I don't find very funny at all. Taz, what are your thoughts on sexual assault jokes?
0: uh his face is wrinkled like a beautiful cool. so he's flesh in full toilet. support
1: um so uh, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately we're going to have a, a problem with Taz here but otherwise uh we're going to avoid making too many jokes about it uh but yeah so Taz what are your thoughts on the fact that someone
0: made uh sex rules in Dungeons and Dragons it's it honestly man i'm i'm just surprised it happened in 2003 like that's something I would expect to come out of today's culture, not the culture of two thousand three.
1: Well, I can't actually tell when the book of unlawful and carnal knowledge came out, and the book of unlawful and carnal knowledge feels like it's coming out of at least like two thousand ten ish. I'm actually gonna look it up. Okay. Um, but the book of erotic fantasy actually seems like a very seemingly sex positive book and like you just want that element
0: you know hey man um, you know what else is games? sex positive what donald trump fan fiction hey, i was in that love shit out, i please. should ta- <laughs> <laughs> i will be reading excerpts from trump fan fiction throughout hey this episode. cool i love
1: that <laughs> i love that for this podcast oh shit what
0: <laughs> you read you read hitler quotes so what is the difference
1: um this is worse (laughs) Uh. somehow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can't find anywhere um about when this book came out i'm gonna see if i can find it on the book itself i don't really have a script for this one it's gonna be a lot more uh a lot more loose than our previous episodes have been because we're just gonna fucking go through this book and have the time of our lives. <laughs> yeah, uh, um,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm excited,
1: man. Um, oh shit, no, it's, it's, uh, it came out in 2000, so this is actually earlier. Jesus.
0: Are you serious? That's yeah. wild. Yeah, this is definitely something I would have expected to come out more recently. Um, yeah, wild. Yeah. Especially this book in particular. Yeah. Oh, uh, are you guys... Just want to make a correction here. We got new equipment and we set it up. um, But we set it up a little wrong. Uh, There was some issues, but we ended up fixing it. But this episode and the next episode were meant to be our brand new uh, best quality recordings. But because we record two episodes at a time, it didn't end up that way. But the following episode will have better quality Sorry, guys. Thank you. I hope you guys are noticing uh, some difference in our sound quality. We did upgrade our equipment a little bit. Bryson should sound a lot more clear. We've soundproofed his little area, and I got a boom mic. And uh, We're just a... feeling a
1: lot more professional these yeah, days.
0: Yeah, we absolutely are. We're working to get the best content we can get for you guys, and we yeah. highly appreciate your support. And uh, hopefully we'll someday make back the $1.2,000 we've spent on this podcast. (laughs) And then some. Yeah, here's
1: hoping. Yeah. Leave a five-star review, for the love of God. Please, please. All All right, so which do you want to start with? Uh,
0: All right, not Donald Trump fan fiction, Mm. I guess. Um. Yeah, nope. All right. (laughs) Uh,
1: Which would you like to start with? The Book of Erotic Fantasy... With a book of unlawful carnage. Uh, you said
0: knowledge. unlawful carnage feels like a joke book? Uh, Yes. Let's start with the other one then, and then we'll okay. get into the joke book.
1: Yeah, so we've got a couple different chapters here. We've got uh, rules uh, regarding love, sex, and role-playing. Um, we've got some rules, skills, and feats we can look at. Base and prestige classes, which in 3.5 prestige classes were like ways of making a more specialized version of your class similar to what we see in Fifth Ed with subclasses, but with prestige classes it actually included like taking levels in both Bard and Fighter might create
0: something special.
1: I don't know a ton about 3.5, but that's generally what I know
0: about it. That um, sounds really cool. I wish that's something we still had.
1: Yeah, I've I've always wanted to kind of get into Pathfinder, which is about which is kind of like 3.5.5 uh okay. because I think it would be a lot of fun, but there's not a D and D beyond that I can spend $500 on for Pathfinder. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah. So, and then there's also my favorite part of both of these books, which is magic. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: there's also uh, some more sex in- magic. Oh, uh, uh, yes. A call back to last week. Oh, nope. Wait, wrong. Actually, Cut I'll call back
0: to next week. <laughs> yeah, call
1: back to next week. We did this
0: weird, didn't we? <laughs> we, we did. We did. Uh, um, we're, we're recording a little out of order just because uh, we fell behind with recordings because we both had something to do. Bryson was moving and I had to visit my wife's uh, grandparents. So... So yeah, I'll go
1: through a couple of the other chapters here. We've got items, so like aphrodisiacs, birth control devices, which fucking rules.
0: (laughs) Wait, so D&D has birth control devices in this book, but America wants to make it harder to get them?
1: Yeah, yeah, so So, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and medieval... Yeah, it's more progressive.
0: (laughs) Cool. (laughs) In 2000, nonetheless. Uh, 2003? This one's 2003, right?
1: Yes, this one was 2003.
0: wow. Huh.
1: We've got uh, chapter six, which is gods and monsters. uh, So the sexual nature of deities. Oh, fuck yeah. Who doesn't want to fuck God? Um, And then we've got... Uh, adventures and organizations, so like examples of adventures. We probably won't go into that too much. Um, And then a whole bunch of uh, tables, which I'm excited to see. We've got things like perform sexual techniques results, sexually transmitted diseases, uh, interspecies (laughs) crossbreeding, just a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Uh, But yeah, so I kind of want to start, because I feel like Role playing, the love and sex might get a little th- uh, uh, a little too into it, but we'll go with like consequences, sexual taboos, and that oh, sex and the alignments. <laughs> <laughs> Rad. Let's go to sex and the alignments. that right.
0: Kind of rules. All right. While well, you do that, uh, I was in love. I should tell you something. He breathes onto my neck. Tell me later. I said as I reach for his pants. Fine, but close your eyes, he said. I was reluctant, but obedient. I unzipped his pants and touched his cold, scaly thighs. I opened my eyes as I Okay, so it's cold, scaly, long uh, thighs. What? Donald Trump is a fucking reptilian?
1: <laughs> hey, this episode's a lot. I wouldn't shock. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people didn't listen to this. But we're going to cook on. So, chaotic good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it feels good, do it. A chaotic good character does what he thinks is best. He's rebellious and cares little for customs and norms, but respects others' views. Simply put, he does what he thinks is good and right. Often, a chaotic good character makes an, affor- an effort to exhibit his individuality, especially in a re- uh, repressive society. He knows what he believes and follows his heart, seeking happiness while trying not to hurt others. He wants those with whom he forms a relationship to feel better off having been with him gives us a little example here i don't really want to read through um (laughs) here's a cool here's a cool thing for lawful neutral uh lawful neutral um i kiss by the book which i think is the title of uh ben shapiro's sex tape um (laughs) we've got uh lawful neutral characters value law order and tradition Good and evil are concepts of little importance. Arranged marriages are common in lawful, neutral society. Many such societies have very uh, particular customs or laws governing sex. As with the lawful, good worldview, sexuality is controlled and acts of sex are deliberate, considered matters not lightly undertaken. So, this is a very clinical representation of what sex is.
0: Okay. Yeah. Love um, me some uh... clinical sex.
1: Who doesn't love a bit of clinical sex? (laughs) we also got Lawful Good. Uh, Be virtuous in all endeavors. Uh, A lawful good character acts with thought looking ahead to the implications of his actions. He earnestly endeavors to be honest and respectful with any potential partner. Some choose to be celibate or chaste. Others wait for sex until a permanent relationship, such as marriage, is formalized. What a fucking virgin. Uh, a lawful good alignment does not prohibit sex outside of marriage. And it just means that the character must clearly communicate what he's offering and what he expects from his partner. Are they? So intending... how it should be? Yeah, yeah, clearly. So if you're if you're gonna have an open relationship as a lawful um, uh, lawful good character, you're gonna make sure that your partner knows about it.
0: Um... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just called adultery if they don't. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: but I mean, it's adultery. Like the wife is calling it adultery. The husband's calling it very specific open marriage.
0: All right. Okay. Um, even more great news. Adolf Hitler asked me to go out on a date. I wanted to bear his (coughs) child. Don't forget to vote for me as president of the United States.
1: Are they intending to spend just one night of passion together with no obligations? Are they beginning an ongoing relationship with committ- commitments excluding other partners? What happened if a partner conceives? Even paladins can have robust, varied sex lives, but they need to come to clear terms with their lovers in advance. So this is a very l- healthy relationship.
0: I love how that actually correlated well with this I know, the right? part I just read. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. That's pretty good.
1: Um, so, neutral good. This is the ultimate cuck, I believe. Uh, the, sub, the sub thing here is basically give pleasure. Uh, the philosophy guides a character to seek to please her partner or others. Wow, this is weirdly gendered. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this because it was like, whenever it's about receiving pleasure, they gender it as him. But like, suddenly we have this neutral good person. And it's like, it's her job to give pleasure, and she believes it. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable with that. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, the philosophy guides a character to seek uh, her pleasure, to pleasure her partner or partners. A neutral good character wishes to do good in the world. She focuses on enjoying life and making life enjoyable for those near or dear to her. Neutral good characters are easygoing lovers, sometimes pursuing casual relationships, sometimes forming lasting commitments in either case they have the strong desire to leave their partner happier or having been with them. Uh yeah, weirdly gendered that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It kind of has that emotional labor aspect to it, but you're putting it in Dungeons and Dragons, which I think just makes that worse for everybody involved.
0: Um yeah, yeah, definitely. I gotta <sighs> so feel that... that we're going to get a lot of that cuz a lot of just a lot of nerds who have never gotten laid and just want to imagine what sex is like. Yeah. I imagine that's what these books are written by. Ugh, yeah, that's and they just want like their perfect sexual experience. Um, and some of those happen to be violent. Some of those happen to be decent. Uh... I think that's definitely
1: the case with um with Book of Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. I'm actually surprised this is actually written by a woman. What we're reading
0: now. Whoa, really?
1: Yeah. Uh, huh. That's why I'm I'm more like this is probably a genuine thing, whereas the other one is, um, yeah, m- more jokey and more meme-y, and we'll get to that with. Uh, and here's a fun little a little teaser for Book of Unlawful Carnal Knowledge: um, the spell Prismatic Dildo. So that's what we mean when we say
0: jokey. <laughs> I, what, what's the joke? I don't get it.
1: Uh, yeah, hey, we'll get that to it, That sounds a like a
0: real serious spell to me. Yeah, it is. It's a real good Don't spell. Don't bash my fucking spell, Bryson. I made okay, that man. shit. I wrote that book! God Our, damn it.
1: Dude, okay, well, maybe you shouldn't have included the metamagic physics, uh, titled R- Rape Power, or whatever it was. We'll get to that later. Um... Alright. Let's look at, uh, how a neutral, a perfectly neutral person would fuck. <laughs> um. A neutral character is most difficult to quantify. He doesn't seek to be evil or good, chaotic, or lawful, but in ter- by turns, each depending upon circumstance and relationships. He may v- be virtuous or unfaithful, committed or casual. He often uh, does what's convenient and expedient. A neutral person might be faithful because he wants his partner or partners to be faithful or because he fears being caught. Likewise, he might betray his lovers because he wants to experiment or because he doesn't think his partner will find out. Uh, a few... Neutral characters want to perfect balance. Uh, They diligently pursue the path of neutrality, often because their philosophical pursuit of equilibrium. Uh, They are chaste or partner only with another seeker of equilibrium because relationships with people of other temperaments generally lead to conflict.
0: Huh. Yeah,
1: so this is a spineless dweeb, is what I'm getting from neutral.
0: It's just so weird that there's so many rules about Sex and D. &D. Well,
1: this is mostly like this person is trying to characterize how a person from each alignment might view sex. So basically, this is all meant to inform role playing at the table, which I don't think they should have done in the first place because I do not want to sit around with our group in particular describing how I'm boning
0: Connor's character. And he doesn't listen Uh, to this podcast, so I can say that. You know. Honestly, I would enjoy that for, like, a minute and when it was funny, and then it would get weird, and I would be uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be weird, yeah. Uh, and I, I would hope that your wife would be listening the entire time while you're trying to romance Aaron. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> because, um, honestly,
1: and I would never bring this to my table, because you know the one female person at the table is going to be targeted for all of
0: this. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. and sad.
1: And, like, D&D already has a very male-centric um, vibe to it that you often get a lot of horror stories from female D&D players where shit yeah. just goes real south real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I would... Probably never bring any of these rules into my yeah dreams. no
0: definitely I honestly I think we've only ever role played sex in our games like twice and it was
1: more often than not the only time we ever do it is we're like we get a vibe for the character like if it's barbarian we might do a strength check but more often than not it's performance
0: yeah yeah well we usually just like role play for how the night went and that's yeah. all we do yeah but... we'll
1: do one check at the end of the night and like we'll say how you did and everyone gets to laugh at you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll roll for
1: dick size. I,
0: uh, anyways, I remember, so when my first character is Rafael, uh I remember um, having him uh, try to get laid uh, the one of the first nights in the tavern um, just because that's what I heard a lot about D&D at the time. I didn't know a lot about it. And um, I, I thought that was what was normal uh, and it shouldn't be. But uh, I mean,
1: rolling your character to seduce somebody is normal, and it's totally fun.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: more often than not, it's a funny joke, and, like, if your character wants to be serious about it, it can be a serious moment. It's just, like, you do a couple persuasion checks, you flirt with the DM, boom, you're good.
0: Yeah, it's just weird when it gets involved with other players. Yeah. But this was me flirting with uh, Anthony. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, hey, Anthony, like, who doesn't want to flirt with him? He's a gorgeous man absolutely yeah. um and uh i remember he he left a letter uh on the nightstand and hid in the bathroom until his date left that night as he sobbed himself
1: oh uh, yeah that, like, and so see that's where it's knees. very funny
0: <laughs> even though he did fine that night mm-hmm. <laughs> he just fucking had a mental b- he was a little emo boy and i loved him <laughs> yeah too bad he got crushed by an orc
1: yeah. And my favorite character, Mugen, was a sexual deviant. Um
0: he was... yeah, and a gambler.
1: And a gambler. He was a bisexual tiefling hero. Um and he did end up having sex with somebody on uh a um uh in a in a king's hallway, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, he yeah. um he slept with the maid, I believe. Um, yeah, what a hero. Yeah, and then uh, I remember Tempest. Uh, so I guess it's been a couple of times where we've done this. Uh, well, no, Tempest, Tempest claimed to have had sex a lot. Uh, yeah. He was a bisexual. He was a gnome, right? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was a gnome. Uh, and he claimed to have slept with a lot of people, both men and women, and that was not the case. He was a virgin, and I loved him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just trying to show off to his... To his uh, his his older uh, no his his son yeah. no
1: was Tim not the one who uh uh
0: Ron, Ron was his brother
1: oh yeah oh no I remember okay I know Tim yeah yeah Ron okay. was
0: his uh, his little big brother if I remember right yeah um, it was wild yeah it was it a was weird a campaign time. that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> Tim
1: actually Tim left the campaign uh, and canonically uh fell in love with a bard uh, yep. a character I created who is a bard <laughs> clown type person love him a lot of this episode is gonna be us talking about our d d characters I feel like uh, yeah which that's is good basically why I did this episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh. but yeah um so let's talk about... Um, chaotic neutral uh, characters, Um, this is what I like to call the straight white guy um, (laughs) titled It's All About Me. Um, (laughs) Chaotic neutral character does whatever she Oh, you little bitch. Okay, this one's alright. Does whatever she pleases. Uh, when she likes. With whomever she wants, she prides herself on her spontaneity, enjoying a blatant disregard for socio- uh, societal norms. She rarely pauses to consider the impact her actions have on other people. When her forming her relationships, she only cares about herself and what's good for her. She often leaves a trail of emotional wreckage and heartbreak in her wake. Uh, and that's, that's what's to be said about uh, chaotic neutral characters. Huh. Uh, It's important to note that on this page is uh, a picture of a woman, a red-haired woman, dressed like a bard maid with her tits out. So (laughs) I thought it was important everybody know that. (sighs) What a wild time. It's so interesting how they choose to gender these. So maybe I I jumped on it a little bit too hard when the the weird neutral,
0: uh, lawful neutral thing. Or which one yeah. ever was it? I don't know. So I found a fan fiction between Shrek and Donald Trump. Hey, that's cool. It's that's called, a good thing to read call by me yourself. Daddy Trump. Um,
1: <laughs> that's a good thing to read by yourself and not on on not, not on yeah the, the inter- yeah
0: internet. yeah yeah. Okay. So, I'm not gonna read it. Yeah, I'm done with this bit. <laughs> 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 I read a few lines of this and I'm uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, hey, read them, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm, I already closed out. We're good. Okay. Cool. Mm. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of get away from the um the the uh, alignment related stuff because I think a lot of people do get bogged down in alignment. I do want to read the chaotic evil one because that one's fucking weird. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the the subtitle of it is Fuck You, Fuck You, No Fuck You All. Um, <laughs> the, cha- the chaotic evil character likes to hurt, torture, and destroy. He commits appalling acts on the merest whim. Sex for him is entirely selfish and often violent. Chaotic evil characters uh, sometimes seek sexual satisfaction through rape, mutilation, bestiality, or the abuse of helpless creatures. These aspects of sex are prohibited among all but demonic society and despised by the other alignments, the book of erotic fantasy intentionally omits all but the mention of such heinous acts. So, this is uh, a a part of this book that immediately I'm like, okay, it's already better than the book of unlawful carnal knowledge, because the book of unlawful carnal knowledge not only makes rape a thing, but includes rules about rape.
0: What the fuck?
1: It's fucked up. (laughs) Um, whereas this one's like, you are chaotic evil for doing any of this and we're not going to deal with that shit, which is why we will mention it, but we aren't going to show you how to do it, <laughs> you know?
0: Y- yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's big good. points for this book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of character race are you curious? We're going to go strictly PHB here. I don't believe this conti- this includes like monstrous races, but r- what race are you curious about the fucking. Eric Cockra, Cool, you did the exact opposite of what I asked you to do. We'll see if there's Eric Cocker, though.
0: <laughs> um, there are gnolls. <laughs> Kobolds? Uh, okay, so not Eric Cocker. Uh, We're stuck in
1: PHB here. Like, all right. the standard races. Fuck, let's go gnome. Gnome? Oh, Alright, I was hoping you'd go gnome love is a toy gnomes (laughs) like sex it's an opportunity to have fun, play with toys and relax they tend towards homo species relationship bisexuality and group sex Uh, for most gnomes sharing uh, in sex is an enjoyable pastime with no more commitment or formality than sharing the meal together Uh, gnomes have created the most intricate sex toys and manuals including the highest thought after and often uh, translated gnomish karma sutra (laughs) Uh, gnomes are adventurous and engaging lovers, willing to try almost anything once just to see what it's like. Just as they have dozens of names, gnomes also have a large list of other, uh, who they call lovers. Even if married or bound in union, indeed, group marriages are extremely common among gnomish uh, communities, although most stick to two primaries in order to avoid too much confusion. The gnomish sense of humor is alive and well in the bedroom, mixing jokes, pranks, and laughters with good, hearty intercourse. <laughs> Foreplay is I think keen... I'm a gnome. Yeah, I think you are too. <laughs> what Foreplay... good
0: is sex without jokes?
1: Honestly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all I got to say is chocolate milk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that happened in like 2014. And it's... it sticks with me. <laughs> It's like the one sex story I've told you that you have remembered Well, Tell Jesus another Day. one on the podcast, then
1: go on right now. <laughs> tell us good. a tell us a sex story about your new wife.
0: My new wife. Yeah. She's my she's been my only wife.
1: She's still fairly new. It's not. You guys haven't even had your first anniversary yet.
0: We're close though. Um, um, I plead the fifth.
1: <laughs> Holy shit! You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> My God! All right. Uh, uh, Foreplay is key in gnome sexuality. With each oh no, I'm going to do that in a different voice. Foreplay is key in gnome sexuality. With each partner going <laughs> to elaborate extremes to arouse the other before the actual act of sex occurs. Gnomes reach sexual maturity between the ages of forty and fifty years.
0: <laughs> Gnomes can have, you? Huh? Can you please think of the most gnomish thing to say during sex and say it in that voice?
1: In my Sean Connery voice or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the voice you just do? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let me just pull up some gnomes real quick. Um, I'll do a, I think there's a, a gnome quote in here somewhere. Um, what's a thing a gnome would say? Give me something. Give me an idea and I'll
0: say it. okay. Um, okay. I want to lick you like a lollipop and swallow your gumballs, daddy.
1: I want to lick you like a lollipop (laughs) and then shuck on your gumballs, daddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a fucking
1: terrible con race. That's Uh,
0: a terrible quote. (laughs) Hey, want to
1: hear a fun thing about gnomes? Uh, yeah. Uh, gnomes have a strong aversion to painful sex or domination, and have a difficult time seeing the connection between pleasure and pain. Those who are drawn to this sort of sexuality are often shunned and outcast by the rest of whoa! (laughs) Whoa. So you're, so you aren't a gnome. I'm not a gnome. You're not a gnome. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so they're shunned and outcast that sucks I thought gnomes were really sex positive but fuck it
0: sounded like it up until now you
1: want some handcuffs and suddenly you're out of the house (laughs) (laughs) want to hear about gnome pregnancy and childbirth
0: (laughs) Uh, do I
1: I don't know I haven't read it yet let's find out (laughs) Pregnant females are considered true treasures in gnome communities who are pampered and coddled by the rest of the clan. Pregnant mothers move to the safety of their burrows during the last three months of the term surrounded by loved ones. Like dwarves, the genetic makeup of gnomes prevents from the producing half-breeds unless the other present parent is a celestial, dragon, fiend, or other being noted for its ability to successfully crossbreed.
0: Did you say unless? Um... Unless it's a dragon. Yes,
1: unless it's a, so. Yeah, so like, you could be a um, tiefling gnome or ASMR gnome or dragonborn gnome.
0: All right. Yeah,
1: because they're seen as like their their come is real specific. I guess I don't know.
0: <laughs> um, that just sounds very genocidal to me. <laughs> how like well like uh it's it's like saying gnome master race and you cannot crossbreed with anything except these specific ones
1: so that's it's not genocide it's not like this is a cultural thing
0: <laughs> it's <sounds> like <laughs> this is
1: part of their genetic makeup where like half gnome half human is hard to imagine
0: it's easier to imagine than a dragon and a gnome. No, it, no it isn't.
1: Imagine a dragonborn, right? <laughs> Alter image, control shift, move right arrow down. You've got a <laughs> dragonborn gnome. I don't know what's difficult about that. You make it small. Uh, this does not prevent gnomes from sampling sex with other beings. Indeed, the idea that they cannot get the, uh, the other creature pregnant is more than a bit enticing. So... They're, they're into the fact that they can fuck to their heart's content every other race and be totally clean.
0: <laughs> Alright. Yeah,
1: got another race choice for me?
0: Um, tell me about those hardy dwarves.
1: Hardy dwarves, I like the way you think. Um, love is like stone. Dwarves tend toward homo-species heterosexuality and monogamy. They usually choose one dwarf of the opposite sex uh, and bond for life. Marriage is respected uh, by dwarven communities and held as a sacred vow. The community elders arrange most marriages. Uh, Love is an emotion dutifully cultivated within marriage. It does not come easily and requires much skill in shaping. So it's a very conservative lifestyle. Hmm. Um, This makes sense because dwarves are often seen as incredibly lawful. Um, in almost any fantasy um, thing I've seen. Dwarves are very stern lawful. I think maybe Tolkien might uh, deviate from that, but it's uh, very well thought of these days. Um, Yeah, definitely. Despite their reputation as um, curmudgeons, uh, dwarves are energetic lovers known for their prolonged sexual sessions, which can last for a full day or more. Whoa! Powerful. (laughs) That's very powerful. Hell yeah. Bet you can't do that shit. I Uh, cannot. (laughs) Still dwarves... 30
0: seconds or less, baby.
1: And this is the thing, right? Imagine fucking for a full day. But dwarves are not very sexual adventurous... Sexually adventurous, sticking with the tried and true methods and shying away from many kinds other races may enjoy. So like
0: missionary all day, missionary
1: twenty (laughs) four hours, bro. (laughs) What a powerful sentiment. That's so good. Yeah, Ah, it's not. Yeah, rough. Honestly, Um, uh, like everything else uh, in the dwarven community, dwarves are taught the basics of sex in the same way they would learn about uh, handle. How to handle a hammer and tongs at a forge? Some things are done just so, as the as is the, as that is the way. It's always uh, oh fuck man. As that is the way it's always been. So they don't expand a lot of their knowledge. Um, human okay. elves and gnomes are often amused that the uh, many dwarf uh, communities provide their young dwarfs who reach sexual maturity around 40 years. Are provided a manual of acceptable sexual positions, often written out in dry clinical prose. Okay. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> Imagine on your 40th birthday, you get the Dwarven Kama Sutra, which is the worst shit on the planet. Homosexuality is rare in dwarven communities, uh, but shows remarkable support by its members who see it as a true bonding of kindred souls. It is accepted that male warriors may come to love their fellows, showing remarkable loyalty as brothers-in-arms. Lesbianism, however, is even more rare, and is viewed with suspicion. In those communities where females greatly outnumber males, often due to wartime attrition, females sometimes pair up and form lifelong partners. Yeah, so like the opposite of how it is in America where gay men are villainized but lesbians are hot. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Hey, speaking of, uh, you know, just good old-fashioned fun stuff, you know what else is lesbians? I
0: really hope these sponsors.
1: These sponsors are indeed lesbians. Prada. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Lesbians! <laughs>
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Lauren. We're the co-hosts of Wait to Panic, a paranormal and true crime podcast. We've been telling each other scary stories for years, and now we want to share them with you. Join us every Sunday for new episodes about murder, paranormal mayhem, and everything in between. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite listening places. Make good choices, and remember wait to panic hey man are you interested in starting a podcast not really we already have a podcast what are you talking about oh shoot you're right thanks to anchor like the boat thing close but no anchor is a great podcasting tool to get anybody started on making a podcast but we already have a podcast yeah but other people don't
1: (laughs) what a bunch of cowards and fools they should all go download the free anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started
0: Absolutely. Anchor is an easy-to-use, free tool for all your podcasting needs, from recording to editing. It even has free background music you can use.
1: Ah, free background music?
0: Yeah, free background music. And it distributes your podcast for you. You don't have to go through all the hassle of posting your podcast to iTunes, Spotify, or any of that. (laughs) Huh! God knows we wouldn't be able to figure that shit out. Yeah, man, I didn't even try. Lazy prick. Well, when you're a dad and working 40 more hours a week... Oh, yawn, tell me more about Anchor. Well, I was saying Anchor is the way to go. You can record and edit straight in your browser or on the app. Uh, but will they pay in doubloons? No, they'll pay you through sponsorships and cash money.
1: Cash money, you say? <laughs> Where can I find the
0: Shangri-La of talking into a microphone for too long? You can go to anchor.fm or download the app to get started for free today.
1: Uh, but for real, man, that had nothing to do with the boat thing.
0: Uh... Did you know that there were over 1 million podcasts out there and over 30 million episodes? So why should you listen to pod jerky? Well, we have a little bit of something for everyone. We discuss topics such as fertility, pet peeves, Netflix reviews, music, conspiracy theories, and everything in between. We will entertain you, make you laugh and make you cry. Our amazing guests are also sure to put a smile on your face. Tune in every week to Pod Jerky on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. Pod Jerky, bringing you original flavor.
1: Ah, uh, what a delicious product that was. They definitely don't sponsor us, but ah, uh, this is delectable. Anyway, more about Dungeons and fucking. Um.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, typically dungeons and fucking do go hand in hand. So... Hey, yeah. not in
1: dwarven society. That's or true. gnomes, as we had figured out depressingly.
0: Y- yeah, gnomes would not support dungeons and fucking.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't.
0: You know, they really missed the opportunity to name the module that.
1: Yeah, they did. I'm disappointed. Yeah. You um, want to hear about uh, dwarves getting pregnant?
0: <laughs> uh no. All right. <laughs> I'm what, done. What other race do you want to hear about? Well, no, this is the end of the podcast. Man. Oh, okay.
1: All um, right.
0: Well, Thanks you for can go. To last episode of I do want to talk Avenue. about centaur uh, fucking. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. I'm interested again. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, centaurs. Wild. First, 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 first okay. question. Yep. Are there any birth defects that make it to where they end up either being full horse or full human?
1: Um uh i don't think so
0: <laughs> I, i'm uninterested again all right okay. bye guys all
1: right yeah hey they got big horse sticks though um uh, interested go on yeah one of the free, uh centaurs live in tribes that are similar to herds of horses centaurs undergo a period of heat lasting three months or so in which they experience intense sexual feelings Centaurs reach uh, maturity at an uh, early age, a.k.a. 10 years old, at which time Uh, uh, they're forced to find a mate outside of the herd. Uh, Yeah, this um, is going to be fun. uh, Mating is both rough and tender, with the uh, the young males bucking for position and wooing their potential mates with displays of physical prowess. uh, Hey, I was unhappy with that um <laughs> let's talk about anything else yeah to well, hear are gnolls sure wild dog men yeah yeah cool yeah. the pack endures gnoll packs are mater- matriarchal and follow similar mating habits as hyenas with each uh with st- stronger tougher females dominating the slightly weaker males Noles undergo periods of heat at which time all activity ceases except for mating the act of actual act of sex is loud and violent maybe you're a gnoll maybe <laughs> you undergo heat for three months
0: i do <laughs> just <laughs> super horny for three months straight yeah man man i can't wait for my coworkers to hear me say that like, i know oh, right I <laughs>
1: Let's go back to the PHB races. I kind of want to talk about... Um, who do I want to talk about now? Half-elf looks fun. Love is awkward.
0: <laughs> Are you a half-elf?
1: Uh, Might be, yeah. <laughs> half elves tend to have difficult puberties if raised among elves. They reach sexual maturity long before their peers. They're... Oh, that must suck. Yeah. Oh, uh, that mu- Oh, I feel bad. Uh, their childhood friends are too young and immature to understand the half elf. The sexual mature adults tend to look upon the half elf as a child who should not yet have such urges. Half elves li- uh, lack sexual opportunities in elven society. Uh, masturbation provides some relief, and some choose a celibate life. More often, half elves look to other societies, typically human, where they can fulfill themselves sexually. Um, If among humans, half-elves seem to mature slowly, they sustain childhood interests longer than their human companions and do not mature as quickly as sexually. Uh, When her human peers reach adolescence and experience the host of body changes and sexual urges, the half-elf is still immature. Her uh, contemporaries reject her. Younger children don't want to play games with someone seemingly much older. At best, the half-elf is viewed as strange. More likely, half-elves' lack of interest in sexuality and desire is misinterpreted by those in human society as frigidity, elitism, racism, per- uh, per- uh, perversion, or some other negative trait. Man, I... fuck. That, that's rough. You said this
0: sounded fun. I thought it
1: was going to be fun, but this is sad, and this I am a half-elf. Sad.
0: I feel so bad for half-elves. I know, man. Poor little guys.
1: Ugh, yeah, man. Half-Elves run the full range of sexual preferences. They have slightly higher tendency towards bisexuality due to their elven blood, though some are devoutly heterosexual. Half-Elves reach sexual maturity between the ages of 18 and 22. However, as described above, this maturity does not always translate well with the society that they belong to.
0: That's sad.
1: Yeah, right? That sucks. <laughs> I'm in a bad mood now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want another Donald Trump fanfic?
1: Yeah, let's hear it.
0: Give
1: give my mouth a break. I've never read this much. Out loud, anyway. No, in general. Half-orcs seem really
0: horny, and that's what we're going to talk about next. Sons, I need you right now. Right here. Obama gasped out. Fuck me. Bone me. Please. I don't know how this ended up being Obama, but, you know.
1: Yeah, um, anyway. (laughs) Half-orc. Love is (laughs) sex. (laughs) So half-orcs are horny. Half orcs have a much easier time during puberty pu- Oh well, puberty than half elves. <laughs> they reach sexual maturity just slightly behind orcs and just slightly ahead of humans, so they're able to maintain their uh, peer groups. Uh, half orcs enjoy sex. They like it rough. Foreplay often includes biting, scratching, or bruising. An actual intercourse can rem- resemble a mix of between a fist fight and a wrestling match.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Hell yeah. Sex tends to be a brief heterosexual encounter without emotional attachment. Because of their brutish nature, few half-orcs are empathic enough to realize how rough they can be during sex and may become angry or even more excited at the cries of their partner. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Alrighty. um they may find some of the uh, fairer races, such as elves, and extremely enticing but become dismayed and disgusted at the fragility and desire for the more subtle aspects of lovemaking. Curiously, half-orcs are not drawn to kinks and fetishes as often as the other races. Most see them as annoying waste of time, in fact others would view half-orcs with a display of particular kink in the tribe with ridicule. As with orcs, homosexuality among half-orcs was extremely rare and simply not understood by the others in the tribe. Half-orcs respect power, however, if a mighty uh, half-orc is strong, ruthless, and determined enough, he can live his homosexual lifestyle with impunity. Um, if raised by orcs, a half-orc views sex as a form of domination and a way to manifest their superiority. A half-orc likes sex hard and often taking on as many mates as he can get, providing, uh, proving his strength and prowess among other males. If raised among humans, half-orcs might find uh, that locating a willing partner who can overlook his appearance and demeanor difficult, forcing him to temper uh, his more feral instincts. Wow, this is this got real weird, real bad. <laughs> man that was rough (laughs) hey um this just outright said half orcs ugly (laughs) (laughs) oh wow big oof (laughs) um half orcs reach sexual maturity between 14 and 16 years of age uh, although the society they live in determines their sexual age of majority in which engaging sex is considered acceptable so every libertarian is a half orc (laughs) Alright. Yeah. So that's Half-Orcs. Let's move on to, uh... Let's look on to the... Back to the the good old, um... We're looking at sexually transmitted diseases. Because I think okay. that's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You would. Love me those STDs and D&Ds. Alrighty. these so, knees.
1: Boy. Alright, so we're gonna look Oh, Azure Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go through I'm gonna look I'm gonna look at all of these and you're gonna tell me which ones are your favorite. All right. Um Astral's Doom, Azure yeah. Balls Yeah, okay Black Withering
0: uh,
1: Burning Release
0: As long as it's about Bernie Sanders. Yep. Kay.
1: Crimson Welts. Oh boy. Crotch plague. <laughs>
0: um yeah. Okay.
1: Engorgement. Uh, Fever Touch uh, Ghoul Fever Okay, alright Hairy Brute (laughs) Who doesn't want a bit of Hairy
0: Brute, you know? I love me some Hairy Brute Yeah Uh,
1: Kisser's Curse Mm. Lover's Lice Mm. Lycanthropy
0: Alright, okay
1: (laughs) Who doesn't want to fuck a werewolf? Yeah Uh, Mummy Rot (laughs) Okay Vampirism Whore's Delight. What?
0: <laughs> I love that yeah. that's a name for an STD. <laughs> yeah, man. A
1: little bit of Whore's Delight. And that's all, all of right. them. Okay. So first one I want to talk about is Azure Balls. Yeah, uh, it's too. got a uh, It is sexually transmitted disease. Um, it has a fortitude saving throw DC of 16. Uh, okay. Incubation, it takes about a day to hit you. Um and does a 1d3 amount of dexterity damage. Oof. Yeah. Um. This disease curiously only affects males through female acts as uh, though females act as carriers. It causes intense throbbing pain in the testicles and penis of the subject, which darken to an unhealthy shade of blue or black.
0: A new meaning to blue balls. Hell yeah.
1: Uh What? What's the other one you want to hear about? Um
0: I'm assuming like Le- 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 well, Lycanthropy and Vampirism is just saying that those two are transmitted sexually in this universe. Um Yeah, so those so... are your standard yeah. Tell me about some Whore's Delight.
1: Well, wow, right to the end. Don't even want to hear about Crash Flag, alright. Um whore's we'll Delight is a Um Let's look at the thing here. It's actually transmitted with a fortitude saving throw DC of fifteen, incubates in a day, and does one strength uh, one strength damage. Oh, yeah, um, bad for fighters. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Where is whore's delight? Show me some whore's delight. Anytime, baby. Okay. This mildly debilitating disease saps the sufferer's strength and had an uh, has this mildly debilitating disease saps the sufferer's strength and had an odd a side effect it causes his or her genitals to excrete. Paralytic Poison. Someone having sex with a person suffering from Whore's Delight must make a DC-15 fortitude save or be paralyzed for a D4 hour. This disease earned its name from an unscrupulous flesh merchant's often use of doxies and pretty boys suffering from Whore's Delight to rob unwary customers. That fucking rules. Whoa. Oh, that kicks ass. Uh, I want to make a rogue, and I want him to get Whore's Delight, and I want him to use it as poison.
0: (laughs) I want him to come on his
1: arrows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! What are you doing during your watch, Todd?
0: (laughs) Don't worry about it. it.
1: (laughs) That rules. Oh boy. What's another one?
0: (laughs) Uh, The other one you mentioned. um, Crotch plague. Yeah, crotch plague.
1: This delete di- this disease leaves painful boils all over genitalia and lower abdomen. These welts can break and ooze if left untreated, in which case the disease may be transmitted through uh, contact. Uh, safety, see. Uh, we're not going to go too far into the like gameplay aspects of it.
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs> Let's see here. Um, how about mummy rot?
0: Okay. That should probably be the last one before we go to the other book, Yeah, we've been recording for an hour. <laughs> I know, we
1: could honestly do a part two of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you want us to come back to it. Uh, I can only imagine you want us to. Um, With
0: more Donald Trump fanfic quotes.
1: Yeah. Unlike normal diseases, mummy rot continues until the victim dies or is cured, by it described uh, below. It's a powerful curse, not a natural disease. A character attempting to cast any conjuration... A uh, oh, healing spell on a creature afflicted with mummy rot must succeed on a DC 20 caster level check, blah blah blah, or the spell has no effect on them. So you have to do a check for the spell to even connect. Damn. Yeah, it kind of shrivels away at you and makes you resistant to any healing magic, it seems like. Jesus. Yeah. So, we've got the, the good book. If you want to bring banging into your D&D sessions, I would advise using the book of erotic fantasy rather than this book that we're about to talk about right now <laughs> so um let's t- <laughs> oh this was so fucking funny dude i as mu- as as much as this book kind of sucks for its weirdly cavalier relationship with sex and stuff like that uh it's very funny <laughs> um we can go into some of the like Uh, how to define the size or uh, capacity of an orifice wang or wang like object (laughs) what basically you roll on a table and you pick your size category Uh, size category is a bit different in 3.5 than it is in 5th edition so it's not going to transfer over well Uh, I will tell you this if it's a greater titanic creature or gargantuan in 5th ed um, you've got a 20, uh, 20 foot wang So that's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. A couple things to read off here. We've got, like, adaptive lover, anal sex focus, bondage focus, delay orgasm. Just a lot of fun here. Um, uh, Let's go through. You want to hear about some scenarios? Some some consensual sex between equals.
0: (laughs) Let's not. Um, Yeah, let's not. Agreed. Um,
1: Oh, on the loss of the family jewels. Several spells and weapon enchantments, or simply angry dungeon masters, can lead to the state of affairs. Any character with these organs who have uh, had them destroyed must immediately make a concentration check, DC 15, or, he, uh, or be nauseated for 1d4 rounds, until the damage is repaired using a regeneration spell. The character is rendered an impotent. <laughs> Simply getting hit in the balls isn't much worse than getting smacked with a fifteen-pound warhammer in the face or chest, so there are no special rules for called shots. Spells that inflict the trauma can cause damage unless otherwise noted.
0: Okay.
1: There's also a table for hitting somebody in the dick called the rack table. Uh, it is a rack is a term that refers to shot to the groin. See, when I saw the rack rule initially, I, I thought, thought it was, was going to be yeah, I thought it was going to be titties. Um, yeah. Turns out okay. it's getting hit in the dick. Uh, so there. you you roll a d hundred. Okay. Um, and if a uh, roll to zero to seventy, man drops weapon, clutches privates, and loses the next one d four rounds of initiative, which Jesus. is rough.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, seventy one to eighty, the man is blinded by tears and cannot defend or attack for the next one d six rounds, which is almost worse. Um, yeah. 81 to 90, man is stunned for the round and then goes into a Berserker Rage for 1d10 round. Rules for Berserker Rage applies. That's pretty good. Yeah. Man's voice is permanently altered to 1d4 octaves higher, (laughs) dropping his charisma (laughs) by 1d4, also stunned for 1d4 rounds. Jesus. That's pretty great. You
0: go from this
1: to this! (laughs) Man is permanently rendered impotent, stunned for a 1d6 round. That's 96 to 98. All right. Uh, on a roll of 99, man loses consciousness for 1d10 rounds. Four to save uh, versus DC 15 to reduce the duration by half. Um, if you roll a, a 100 after kicking someone in the dick, man goes into shock, no saves, and dies. All men fucking. within viewing distance must make a constitution save at negative five, or clutch themselves and remain stunned for one round.
0: God damn, yep. dude. That's like an instant fucking... That um, is instant death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, an instant fucking... Wow, fuck, what's the spell? It kills you instantly. Oh, um... Uh, I don't know why... Oh, fuck
1: you. I'm gonna sound like such a fake <laughs> D&D fan. <laughs> Word of Death or something like that. <laughs> oh, Power Word Kill. Okay.
0: Yeah, Power Word Kill. There we go. <laughs>
1: but it's better than Power Word Kill.
0: Yeah, because it, you can have over 100 HP. Yeah. And then just die from being kicked in the balls. God, that rules. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alright, so let's Anybody go some feats. Anybody can have Power Word Kill.
1: Yeah. Anybody. Anybody in this game. Um. So... Let's read off some feats, uh, and I will let you know what what they do. Um, so, okay. some divine feats are like divine arousal and divine beauty. Okay. Um, so, uh, turn or rebuke undead gives you charisma. These are like ways to uh, turn undead easier, um, but instead of uh, turning them, you are turning them on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i love me some necrophilia
1: yeah and uh you can also do uh some general feats or like arousing sneak attack which is basically instead of shanking someone you're arousing them (laughs) you can get body to die for which just makes you super hot
0: oh my god
1: my personal fan uh favorite is control horniness (laughs) withstand your own horniness which is frankly something i need in my day-to-day life (laughs) we've got divine virginity
0: i hate this episode
1: (laughs) i love this episode uh hey it's only gonna get better how about a horny armor
0: what (laughs) yeah basically
1: you turn your horniness into like ac not dissimilar from like mage armor (laughs) (laughs) i quit uh, how about horny blast?
0: Is that like eldritch blast? But yeah, it's, it's like, like you you
1: you channel your sexual energy into a blast of eldritch horror. <laughs> <laughs> but you can it... also have horny strike, which turns your sexual energy into a into a specific strike.
0: God damn! Yeah, some of these are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Iron I celibacy, hate them, but I love them.
1: Yeah, Iron celibacy uh, celibacy celibacy protects from charm effects. So I don't know if that gives you immunity to being charmed, but that's pretty dope.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, oh, this one rules. Um, so there's uh, sex appeal, which means uh, t- distract through your sex sex appeal, which you know who gives a fuck. But also stay concentrated. You can stay concentrated even
0: while horny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just a uh, wizard.
0: Something every young boy needs to learn from a young age. That's
1: true. A wizard, just massive dong, massive erection, boom. <laughs>
0: uh oh. want we'll to talk about metamagic? Troll horniness class in school. I'm a big fan of this book. Yeah.
1: Um, so meta magic, for those of the uninitiated, uh, is something that sorcerers get, where they can change the nature of a spell. They can either make it more difficult to avoid, uh, or more powerful and doing more damage, or even casting it without anybody knowing. Um, this book takes meta magic and uh,
0: hornifies it, um, as all things should be.
1: Yeah, so aroused casting, you can exchange any components, uh, component cost a spell might have, like a rabbit's foot or something like that, and just fuck instead. Um,
0: fuck yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to hear a little more about that kind of s- magic <laughs> next week. Um,
0: <laughs> Good teaser.
1: Yeah, uh, coitus of power. <laughs> did Alistair Crowley write this episode? <laughs> I'm sure he did, honestly. It wouldn't shock me one bit. Uh, I mean
0: this module.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, coitus of power. You channel your arcane power uh, to another spellcaster, so you can get you can fuck someone a spell slot. I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Alrighty>. Kiss spell <laughs> delivers spell with a kiss. That kicks ass.
0: That'd be really cool for a power word kill.
1: That'd be great for power word kill. I don't know why you'd want that, but fuck. <laughs> Uh, just kiss a lich, bro.
0: Hell yes.
1: Um, uh, orgasmic trigger.
0: (laughs) Does that just trigger somebody's orgasm?
1: No, it triggers a spell with an orgasm. There is a spell called orgasm, so. I love it. Then there's a a bad one, rape of power. Uh, you gain magic power through rape, which is bad. Very bad. That, nothing like incentivizing rape. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sexual energy. You convert sexual energy into spell energy. You can basically turn your horniness into a spell slot, which kicks ass. Okay. Uh, here's right. another Alistair Crowley thing. Uh, sexual ritual magic. Cast spells during sexual acts as a ritual. <laughs> you can also just cast a spell through sex. Oh uh, yeah, Mr. Crowley. You, there's also ways Mr. Of... <laughs> Crowley.
0: <laughs>
1: there are ways of giving somebody a spell through either a kiss sex or orgasm um so that's
0: that rules how much how much do you bet crowley would have love D? he'd
1: fucking love it. are you kidding me he oh I, wa- I wish i could play
0: i want him to dm for me <laughs> yeah same
1: anyway do you want to do you want to pick one of the things we just talked about a bit and uh, i can give you a little more specific information or do you want to move right
0: to spells Let's move right to spells. Okay, that's fair.
1: We're we're good. This episode's a bit um, long.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Um, I want to know about the orgasm spell. All right, yeah, Honestly, hey. I'm surprised your episode's turning out longer than mine.
1: <laughs> I know yours was a lot faster than we
0: thought. Yeah, yeah, it was almost 20 pages of notes.
1: <laughs> okay, so I've got a list of spells. This is uh, just a list of all of the spells in this book. Um, Let's go pick bard, cleric, uh... Or... Is there not wizard? Do wizards not get... Okay, or sorcerer and wizard.
0: Uh, let's say bard for last. Okay, of course. Uh, let's go straight for that sorcerer.
1: Alright, so sorcerers... There's a a zero-level spell called lubrication.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) Ah. um... That's like the grease spell.
1: There's <laughs> <laughs> also uh, a spell for wet dreams.
0: Oh boy. All right.
1: Um, there's a first level spell. Uh, cause nausea. Oh, change sexual alignment and sexual oh. preference. Okay. Uh, ecstasy. Flash. Freudian thoughts. <laughs> I cast masturbation.
0: I cast what? I cast masturbation. That's a spell. Yeah. Does it just make somebody masturbate?
1: I guess, man. Let's find out. Oh, hey, uh, bitch slap. Um, here's a <laughs> uh, fourth level uh, sorcerer and wizard spe- uh, spell, a version of Bigby's ha- uh or of Bybig's hand spells, uh, although not from Bybig, a quasi-real hand about five feet by five foot comes into existence and smacks the nearest woman that the caster commands it to. If the woman knows her place is in the kitchen, the hand only does one point of damage as a reminder. However, if the woman has complained and whined or not have been in the kitchen in three days, the hand uh, instantly grows to the size of a titan's hand uh, and knocks the woman into the nearest kitchen, be it 10 feet or or 10,000 miles, and forces her to cook a three-course meal. If she continuously refuses, the hand will inflict damage on her until she smits.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised that this was written by a nerd in their basement uh, in the year 2000.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to scroll down this list. Um, Oh, here's a good one. Second level Sorcerer Wizard spell, Constant Orgasm. Um, Hell yeah. So the duration of this spell is one minute plus one round per level. Um, the spell causes the f- the recipient to begin an orgasm repeatedly and with great enjoyment until the subject's body is no longer capable of sustaining orgasm. The duration Jesus. is based on level, but medically speaking, it should, could end uh, when the body collapses from exhaustion or for males when the body can produce no more seminal fluid. The GM... Fucking... What? What the fuck? What? You had a problem with anything I said there? Uh, Yeah. Okay, good, that's fair. All of it. Um, When the body collapses from exhaustion, uh, the GM may wish to add possible negative modifiers for combat movement, etc., because of the uh, victim's excited state. A successful save results in a single orgasm of normal duration. Combat pigs are screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Corrupt Uh. fetus. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's a spell called Delay Orgasm, which is very horny. Oh boy. Uh... Ugh. Oh no, impregnate. Oh no. Oh gross. Uh, the spell creates life, and according to some mytho, a new soul, a creature capable of bearing young. Uh so this just you can just make someone pregnant in combat, which kind of kicks ass. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, lactation. That's pretty good. Oh,
0: no. Uh, okay, let's go to Cleric.
1: <laughs> right now, I'm not even on classes right now. I'm just, like, oh. scrolling through all of them.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, but I'll mention if there's a funny one. Oh, heterophobia. <laughs> Causes a person, regardless of orientation, to become angry and nauseous at the concept aside of any person or behavior which might be constructed as homo as heterosexual. Okay. You can just right. make people insanely angry at anyone being heterosexual. There's also homophobia, which does the same thing.
0: Well, it doesn't do the same thing.
1: Well, it does the same thing in regard to homophobia.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay.
1: again. Uh, Layla's u- uglification. Oh my gosh, that's a powerful spell. Is it transmutation spell? Uh, subtracts sixteen from the victim's charisma to a minimum of ability score of
0: three. Oh. Jesus.
1: Yeah. That is crazy. Imagine if you were like a sorcerer and someone just fucked your shit up. <laughs> and that's a fifth level spell. God. Okay. Okay. Um... I want to find masturbate. There we go. Um, the spell causes the horniness of arousal with the added irresistible urge to masturbate with any and all external sexual organs. The spell functions like a combination of the arousal cantrip with a command to masturbate. If no appendages are free for the purpose, the subject will rub the sexual organs. Oh, no. They'll rub the sexual organ against any nearby functional object. The material component (laughs) is two pieces of cloth rubbed quickly against one another.
0: Oh, no. Yeah uh yeah uh, um i feel gross i think we're done <laughs> i was hoping you'd say that <laughs> yeah
1: let's burn that episode. Um, so
0: yeah uh rub your genitals on our follow button on social media um at Zaphael for me on Twitter, um at Tangent Avenue for the podcast.
1: I'm at, at I'm at wanna toothpick if you want to insult me for making this episode, which is totally fair.
0: Very, very fair. Uh please, please, please roast him as hard as you can in the comments with the five star review and we will read it. Um Yeah. And yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, please. Um anything else?
1: Uh, yeah I mean uh, check out Julia Marie Artistry at uh, instagram.com slash Julia Marie Artistry she did our, our brilliant and amazing cover photo um, you can also check out Homesick Entertainment to find some great music like the uh, music they provided for our intro mid-roll and outro at youtube.com slash homesick uh, I think that's it leave some 5 star reviews recommend us to your friends
0: yeah, yeah we've already teased my episode um... enough yeah I mean, yeah. we outright said pretty much it's alistair Crowley, so yep. be excited yeah. for that. <laughs> yes, all the sex magic. Uh, yeah, um, I cast Lactation, and in this episode, Super Wet.